Are you curious about how Reiki healing actually works? Have you heard of yoni steaming before? Have you ever experienced sound healing? Are you curious if any of these practices are actually helpful? Megan Lenman is the co-owner and creatrix of The Remedy House in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and she joins us on this episode of Root Awakening Health Podcast to talk about Reiki, to talk about the philosophy around Reiki, to talk about yoni steaming, to talk about a lot of different holistic healing practices that even I've never heard of. So the Remedy House is this beautiful holistic wellness center on the northeast side of Grand Rapids, Michigan. They offer private sessions, sound healing, Reiki, Yoni steaming, group classes. I've been to a cacao ceremony affiliated with the Remedy House. I've been to an energy sharing gathering and it's this really cool forward-thinking place in this small city that i live in michigan so whether you are local or not this episode is going to be extremely interesting to you i guarantee because megan has so much information on all of these different types of healing modalities that we can utilize. And I would say some of these modalities are quite obscure still. Megan Lenman is also, in addition to being the owner and creatrix of the Remedy House, she's a Reiki master, she's a Yoni steam facilitator, she's currently training in cacao ceremony facilitation, and she also owns a Yoni steam business called Solstice Steam, which sells saunas and herbs for home practice of yoni steaming. So she's just completely saturated in this beautiful world of holistic modalities and very knowledgeable on a lot of the histories of these modalities. So we really go into these topics, go down a lot of rabbit holes in this episode. We talk about what Reiki really is. We talk about Megan's experience with Reiki and some of the effects she's seen on her clients as a Reiki master. We talk about what Yoni steaming is. We talk about the types of sound healing that are in existence that I've never heard about. We talk about how Megan balances out work and rest as the co-owner of a successful holistic wellness center. Very inspiring. And we talk about Megan's philosophy that disease always involves stagnation, which could sound counterintuitive at first. So it's a really fun episode. Very informative, very succinct and clear as well. Megan does a really good job of clearly explaining a lot of pretty complex spiritual topics. So... I'm really excited for you to listen to it. Let's get into it. This is Root Awakening, a health podcast. My name is Emily Kosick. I am a self-development coach and the CEO of Root Awakening. And Root Awakening is a holistic home of self-development and empowered community. You can follow me on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening. Root is spelled R-O-O-T. Message me and say hi. Your feedback on this episode and this podcast would be so appreciated. Any conversation starter, I love, I love to have conversations with you, so message me, reach out, and say hi. As a self-development coach, I specialize in sexual and emotional healing, boundaries, communication, improving relationships, and connection to one's self. I still have a few openings for one-to-one clients. I like to work with my clients one-to-one for a series of sessions that I determine intuitively. So if you're feeling called to work with me, you can DM me on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening or email me at emily 
at rootawakening.co. This contact information will also be in the show notes. You can also do some self-study with my teachings. So I created an online communication course that is available in the show notes. It's simple, it's quick, it has customizable scripts, it has mindset lessons on cultivating relationships and relationship dynamics. I've narrated all the written material so you can listen to it like a podcast, or I personally like to listen and read at the same time. It really sticks in my memory. The information really saturates my brain a lot easier easier and a lot quicker. It's a super affordable course. The link is in the show notes, so check it out. I also have some free ways to get support from me. I have an email tribe, which is my weekly newsletter that I send out via email. I don't send more than one email per week. And in this newsletter, you'll basically just get real-time tips from my life that I am experiencing currently. This is a lot of more personal information that I do not share on social media and I talk really about what I'm experiencing that week or the week before and what the resolution is. I've made self-development my life. I'm very good at connecting to myself, learning more about my patterns, creating new patterns, observing my behavior. So I basically document that in this newsletter and tell you about how my life is relating to my self-development. And through that just comes tips because I find solutions to the struggles that I'm experiencing and the challenges that I'm facing. So this is a really good way to get free support from me. And it's a very gentle newsletter. It's often long, but it's packed full of information and you can unsubscribe at any time. I also have created the Root Awakening Commune, and this is because I wanted a community off social media. We never know what's going to happen with Instagram. I am probably going to get banned from Instagram at some point because I just don't really agree with their ethics. So I wanted this kind of safety community off of social media. It's a Mighty Networks community, so it's completely independent and it's a private community, so it's a safe space. And I really wanted to focus the theme towards survival skills and towards homesteading and gardening and cooking from scratch and cryptocurrency and emotional healing as well. Just practices that will help us to continue to stand on two feet if society collapses. So it's kind of like a safety community, if you will. And it's a really nice, welcoming, open, accepting, supportive space. So since this is a private community, you can DM me on Instagram or email me if you would like to join. I screen everybody that, that comes into the group to make sure that it remains a safe space. and. It's free for now. I don't know if that's going to change in the future. So if you're interested, contact me on Instagram or email. Okay, let's get into this episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Root Awakening, a health podcast. I am so excited when I get to interview guests on here that are local to me. As many of you know, I live in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And today I am interviewing a very special person that is a co-owner of a beautiful holistic health wellness center in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I'm so proud of Grand Rapids and this institution for being in place physically near me. It offers a great source of support 
for me. So I'm really excited to welcome Megan Lendman on to Root Awakening Health Podcast. Megan Lendman is the co-owner and creatrix of The Remedy House, and The Remedy House is a wellness center on the northeast side of Grand Rapids, Michigan. The Remedy House offers private sessions in sound healing and Reiki and Yoni steaming and group classes, monthly classes, moon women's circles, community yoni steams, weekly nada yoga group meditation classes. It's a beautiful center, such great vibes there. And Megan specifically is the co-owner and is just a creatrix in general, but also she's a Reiki master and a Yoni steam facilitator. And she's currently training in cacao ceremony facilitation. I myself have been to one of the Remedy House's cacao ceremonies and it's really cool. It makes me feel like I'm stereotyping this experience, but it makes me feel like I'm in Southern California or maybe another country experiencing this really authentic feeling learning process. And that's so cool to me to be able to do in Michigan in the United States. That feels awesome. So I found the Remedy House personally because my friend Nakshal told me, hey, did you know they have cacao ceremonies at this place called the Remedy House? And I'm like, what? They have that in Grand Rapids? Like, I was excited that Grand Rapids had a health food store, but there's a wellness center. And um so I looked into the Remedy House and I really loved like very spiritually forward thinking events that they have there. And then I met Megan at the cacao ceremony that I went to and she really creates this environment in my eyes of it's very commune feeling. There's a, there's a commune vibe, very harmonious, and it's, it is really a community and it can be difficult to establish a spiritual holistic community and also make it feel welcoming and also direct it towards forward thinking spiritual strategies. And I think Megan has done a really good job from where I'm standing at creating that, that balance and creating that space. So we're also in this episode going to talk about just general spiritual concepts. So this will relate to everyone, no matter where you are in the world, whether you're local to Michigan or not. Megan is facilitating and overseeing a lot of cool healing practices that really I haven't even heard of before. And I'm looking into spiritual stuff all the time. So we're going to talk about a lot of these concepts. We're likely going to get super philosophical. And I'm really, really excited to have this conversation. Megan Lenman, co-owner and creatrix of The Remedy House. Welcome to Root Awakening, a health podcast. Well, thanks for having me here, Emily. <laughs> Very grateful. I love, I'm a Gemini, so I really love talking through things all the time. I'm always in discussion. <laughs> so this is a perfect place for me. Amazing. What is your moon and rising? <laughs> well, my moon is an Aquarius and my rising is a Sag. Wow, nice. Sagittarius. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> cool. So you're like, you've got some manifesting energy with the Gemini and Aquarius. Do you feel that? Yes, yes, I do. So <laughs> really? I definitely, I, mean, I think it really sets me up well to be, to be a manager of the Remedy House, you know, because the way that our space is set up is, and it, it, it can be challenging in a world, you know, like where we're trying to, you know, be spiritual or, 
natural health providers. And, you know, a lot of people, they're like, oh, well, I could just like look that up online and do it myself or whatever, whatever. Or spiritually, people get really uptight about having an energy exchange or paying for spiritual experiences. Um, but so that, you know, just throughout time, like that's been something that I've even had just to work through myself in what to ask for, how much to ask for, for anything. And my mom and I have been entrepreneurs um, for a really long time. She taught me, she's been an entrepreneur for like 25 years and, and I became one about 10 years ago, first with my photography business. And then which really helped me when we started the, the remedy house, mm-hmm. um, because that helped me add to the visual aspect of putting an image out for our space. But moreover, I feel that, you know, being in an entrepreneurship and trying to be a heart centered business has been, a very interesting, unique way to show up in this world. And so the Remedy House, um, you know, is my mother and my business, and we have our own practices out of this wellness center, but we also have 11 other practitioners out of the space. And so, and then we have store staff. And so we have a retail space, a classroom, and then about five different offices that rotate practitioners. Yeah. So it's, you know, with me and like whatever, what we just were talking about with my personality, I think it puts me in this really unique place to sort things out, to be a good communicator between our practitioners, between our clients and practitioners, what is needed from a business aspect, as well as what's needed from a holistic health aspect for each individual person. (laughs) Yeah, so true. And it makes so much sense now thinking about you being a Gemini and, and meeting you at the gatherings that the Remedy House has, and you're kind of bopping around and getting little bits of information from it. And that's so important as a, as a manager of any kind, or as an overseer, or as a visionary, as a director to be able to kind of naturally know your limits as far as how to gain general information from a group of people and be able to balance yourself socially like that. I find Geminis are quite good at that. And I am a Gemini rising, so I can identify with you personally. (laughs) Um, Yes. So I love that we're starting to get into more about what the Remedy House is because yes, the Remedy House has a whole staff of practitioners that that teaches and um, that that facilitates multiple different kinds of healing and learning opportunities for your clients. So let's talk about how the Remedy House got started. So you mentioned that your mom, was she the, she was the original creator of the Remedy House? Yeah. So for my family, you know, it goes, it goes way back. So my, um, my grandmother was the first person who sought out a homeopathic practitioner you know, obviously we all started with different medicine, men and women in our communities, and then focus more on the allopathic side of going to hospitals. And so um, when my aunt was really suffering from deep eczema and the doctors, the only way to help was to continue on cortisol cream and just like upping the dose, upping the dose, upping Mm -hmm. the dose, because it kept getting worse and it kept coming back and they had no solutions my grandma is a tough woman and she does not take any bullshit. And so she, she was like, well, fuck it. I'm going to look somewhere else. And so she 
sought out this woman and like so many people called her, you know, a witch doctor. And like my grandma was like, well, I'm just going to see what she has to say. And so she goes there and this woman is a homeopathic doctor, which is a type of healing modality um, that works with frequency medicine. It's really small pellets that you put under your tongue. And anyway, this woman interviews my family and basically she was like, well, has your, has, um, has she ever been exposed to like a severe poison ivy outbreak? And my grandma was like, well, yeah, actually she did when she was a child. And so they treated for poison ivy and it removed the eczema completely, just like gone, never to come back again. And so in holistic health, there is this kind of concept that, you know, we're always looking for the source rather than just treating the symptoms. And I think that that is a key aspect to working holistically. Um, I have a lot of other philosophies on that as well, but I do think looking for the source and treating the frequency of the source on all levels is super, that's what's going to really heal at the end of the day. And so that turned my family on to homeopathic medicine. And so my mother then from that point on grew up with holistic health and then after i was born uh, she became a reiki master and an essential oil therapist doing different body work such as raindrop therapy which is essential oils down the spine treating for viruses in the spinal cord um, and so she did that for about 15 years and then she started her own practice called heavenly healings because uh, my mom, you know, believes in that beautiful divine light coming down and flowing out through practitioners. Um, well, really anyone who wants to be attuned to that, but especially with uh, practice. Um, and so then uh, about the time uh, when I was when I was in college, my mom's always been super ambitious, so she's always learning. And so when I was in college, she was studying to become a naturopathic doctor. And about two years into that program, she was like, okay, I need to start a full on practice because, you know, financially, that's like if you're really dedicating yourself and you're splitting your energy, you know, she was an accountant first. And so mm -hmm. that was her day job. And so splitting energy really doesn't serve at a certain, you know, at a certain point you know, at some point you just have to, to take that leap. And my mom is a Sagittarius first. And so she's always ready to, to start that fire, to jump right in. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, mom, you know, I've always been a huge supporter of all of that, but sometimes, you know, with my Gemini aspect, I'm always like, okay, let's think about this. Like, let's mm. fill it out. <laughs> mm. And so with her starting the gun and me helping to kind of build form around that, um, the remedy house was born. Uh, about seven years ago so 2022 so what is that 2015 mm -hmm. um, is when we began and so then my role with the remedy house like I was still in college and then oh, I was like right at the end and then right at the end of my college career I went into AmeriCorps for two years so I had a little bit of split energy where I was working in AmeriCorps learning about nonprofits, learning how to serve people sustainably and then um, I was supporting the Remedy House visually, building our website, and um, my mom, you know, it was more of the accountant aspect, you know, starting to hire practitioners, and then, and then, you know, there came that point for myself where I was like, okay, what's my next direction? You know, I had my own photography career going on, and I already started to choose more clients that were 
smaller businesses, natural health practices. I started to do photography for healing. So working with people kind of like, kind of like a boudoir session, but more, I call it goddess unveiled where it was like in the sessions are in nature, like not necessarily in a bedroom, but like in the natural world to like really lean on, you know, mother nature's <laughs> space uh, to mm-hmm. express oneself. And so I started like my photography career already was taking that direction. I was taking less weddings. I was doing less like corporate work. Um, and so then when it came time, you know, there was a space that my mom needed me to fill. And I said, yep, let's do it. And so I stepped in and our story continues with my mother uh, wanting to not experience Michigan winters uh, mm-hmm. every year. She's never been one to love the winter. And um, she just stayed here because, you know, sometimes that's just how life goes. You know, life just keeps asking you to stay in a space. And the opportunity arose for her to move south. And so um, about three years ago, she moved to Arkansas. And so at that time, there was a huge transition of, do I want to take on the the leadership role at the Remedy House? And if not, my mom has always been supportive of my dreams. And so she was like, okay, so if this isn't for you, then I will be fine if this was my dream and we need to close and just move on. And I said, no, this is also my dream too now. And, you know, I feel very called to, to be this shepherd, to be this woman, to help create. And I'm, I'm finding so much freedom here for myself. And so more than I expected, cause it wasn't, you know, you go to college and study mm-hmm. photography and Chinese language, you know? So it's just like, <laughs> you never know where life's going to take you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so I really stepped into that role and, um, it's been very interesting being, you know, a young manager, someone who's really, building this space. And so from afar, my mom still supports, you know, doing our accounting and she's, you know, my backboard, you know, my sounding board, like, you know, when we're doing new ideas and then she does come up quarterly uh, because she offers some really unique naturopathic services like live blood analysis, cytobio scans. And so she comes up quarterly to offer her services and her Reiki trainings um, because that is at the core of really where the Remedy House began as well, since my mother has been a Reiki master for about 25 years so so here we are now thriving today you know especially through the happenings of 2020 I mean everyone's turning more towards health uh, which is an amazing thing we should all be looking proactively at our health and just working to serve our bodies in balance and for our mind, body, and spirit. So, so yeah, we've been really, really grateful that we've been able to stay open through, through everything um, because a lot of people turn to us as their primary natural health care. Yeah. And it's it, for that reason, natural health care. And also I would say for me, the emotional support and energetic support even just by being a part of the events that you have going on. So I'm not, it's not like I'm a regular at the Remedy House. I have done a, I've done two separate experiences with the Remedy House. However, those two experiences really allowed me to 
gain this knowing that there are people around me that are thinking similarly. There are people around my physical space that are thinking similarly. I have that support here. And that has helped to be honest with you, Megan, that has held me off for like months, like months of being able to feel like I have other people that are kind of like on my team around me. I think that's so important. And especially within the pandemic and all of that, to know that you have that support, like even if you can't make it in all the time, uh, even if, even if it's somehow, you know, from afar talking to someone who has had that experience, it kind of, it all blooms out the energy transfer all blooms out. And to me that that kind of thing is so important and it has become even more important, especially during the pandemic. Now, I want to talk about Reiki a little bit. So we've talked about it on this podcast before, but I'm still a little new to Reiki. Therefore, that transfers to the podcast and we haven't talked about it in depth so much. So I know and I see that the Remedy House does have a big base in Reiki. Like if somebody asked me to talk about the Remedy House and describe it, that is one of the first practices that I that I would talk about, that it's very Reiki based. A lot of your practitioners are Reiki practitioners or Reiki masters. So can you tell us a little bit more about what Reiki means to you? You are also a Reiki master. Can you tell us more just about your insight into Reiki? Yes, so... Reiki is a healing modality that I grew up with and how I remember it first when I was a child was through different types of meditations in which I was visualizing light coming down from the heavens, from the divine, down into my body and healing me. And so early on when I would have nightmares, my mom taught me a meditation in which to kind of you know, call in that, that light, that energy, um, that would be protecting, that is love, that is safety, you know, it's all of those things. Um, and really just like filling myself up with that, filling my room, filling the house, filling the neighborhood, you know, just like expanding that light to the point where I could fall asleep again to where, you know, the monsters weren't in my bedroom anymore. And so that was like, kind of like my first introduction into that. And then, you know, it's been, maybe we all still want this, but you know, especially as children, you're like, wow, like, wouldn't it be cool to be like a witch or something and be able to like manifest and call this in and like do mm-hmm. spells. And like, I wouldn't necessarily equate Reiki to that, but like, especially as a child to feel like I had this power that I could call into me, it really helped me feel more, more powerful, more safe, more like I, I had these tools and resources to protect myself from other humans even. Yeah. And so, um, so that was what Reiki began for me. And then throughout time you know um, there are different levels of Reiki to be attuned to Um, I know we were thinking about talking about certifications and what they mean on this show but you know people there's this certification process to become a Reiki practitioner or to just use Reiki and we call it a certification but what it really is is an attunement and it's something that has been passed down um, through the lineage of Reiki masters. And basically it's this process in which, you know, you learn about Reiki mentally so that you can connect. And then there is an attunement 
through which you meditate and call in in order to then allow the energy to flow in a more focused way. So maybe we could think about it like there's all of the light in the sky. You know, the sun is diffusing light everywhere, but Reiki would be more of like a lens or like a magnifying glass in which to focus that light into a specific way. And so the light's going to do what it wants because it already has its own power. And so that lens and or the practitioner is really just guiding, interpreting what that light is doing for the client or the person that they are healing. And so um, kind of the stages of Reiki is we've got Reiki one and two, there's advanced Reiki, and then there's a Reiki master's level. And Reiki one and two is really designed or it's meant to be for anyone who wants to become that lens, to become that person using that healing light um, more intentionally. And so whether you want to be a practitioner or not, Reiki 1 and 2 is an amazing way to utilize that in your own life for yourself, for your family, for your pets, for your community. Um, so I really invite anyone who's called to learn more about that to, to seek out that kind of type of training. Um, and then the advanced Reiki moves more into like the master symbols, more into like dialogue, into how you would actually work with a client, developing your psychic gifts, which would then allow you to basically better interpret what that energy is doing within the client. And then the Reiki master's level is really meant for people who want to teach, who want to share this practice, who want to hold shares, who want to be a guiding force within the Reiki community. Cool. Love. That's such a great explanation. Very bite-sized and digestible. So, (laughs) well, obviously there's a lot of skeptics out there for energy healing. And so it can be challenging to discuss sometimes. Um, And that's why the Remedy House has, you know, while Reiki is a huge pillar that we stand on, um, we also have the more scientifically approachable body works that you can physically feel and point to what is actually happening. Um, but a lot of our practitioners, as you said, are certified in multiple things. So a lot of times, you know, if there's an opening, then like a practitioner will discuss Reiki with them or maybe, you know, offer a little bit of it during a session so that someone can kind of be like, huh, wow, working with my energy actually is something that's helping me. Yes. I love that you bring that up because I was just going to ask kind of a common skeptics question. And I don't really know. It's common relatively, right? It's common with the people who are aware of Reiki. A lot of people don't even know that Reiki exists still. What I often hear is that Reiki isn't a sustainable practice. So this is just coming from my skeptics point of view, because I'm starting, I hear the things that I'm kind of skeptical about and hold on to that file that away in my brain. So if I were to be critical of Reiki, which I'm not, I, I um, believe in it. And we're just discussing it here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But I do, there, there is a side of me that is skeptical of it. Or if I would direct that energy towards skepticism, I would say, okay, is Reiki a sustainable practice? Does it, does it help to treat quote unquote, does it help to affect 
in a positive way the root cause of the imbalance in a client? So sustainability can be seen from a couple different fronts. Some people also say that it's not sustainable because they're maybe referring to like energy manipulation, like maybe like I'm pouring my healing energy into you. And so that's not the case because Reiki very ethically, like you're supposed to, as if you're working on someone else and really, if you're working on yourself too, you really need to ground anything that is tripping you up that, you know, anything that is just energetically stagnant. And there's lots of methods of doing that, which is what we teach at our energy shares. You know, what we teach through even private sessions is how to, on a daily basis, whether you know Reiki or not, ground yourself, right? But so let's just, you know, following your example here or what you, your question. So it's sustainable in that that energy isn't coming from me to heal someone else. That energy is coming from the divine source. So it's coming from source energy through the practitioner as a lens into the client. And then as a practitioner, I am not necessarily guiding the energy somewhere specific, but rather I'm following it. I'm interpreting where this energy is going. And so I can do that in a lot of ways through, you know, everyone feels it differently. And this is where we kind of, I mentioned psychic abilities, but like, you know, we all have those that sixth, seventh sense that we're, we're utilizing to interpret this lifetime. So we have our five senses and then we have all of those senses where um, internally as well. So for myself, using myself as an example, how I follow the energy in a client is I can physically feel it in my hands as either hot or cold. And those two things mean different things. And so I know what's happening. And then also I get visuals within my mind. So sometimes I might see, you know, I'll, I'll see this story unfold. I'll see this tree or I'll see this other human, or I'll see, I'll see something unfolding. And as a practitioner working on this, I, I, I've learned through the years to let go of limiting beliefs that, you know, these aren't real. I've learned to trust my psychic abilities so that as it's happening, I begin to discuss with the client where that energy is going, right? What's happening. And so then they're able to wrap their mind around this physical sensation. And so sometimes the physical sensations come first, sometimes the discussion comes first, but I do believe that it works with the source of the issue because it's source energy moving through me to then work with the source of healing for the person that I'm working on. And so the, the actual healing from it can be in a lot of different ways. And so um, on all levels, I mean, Reiki is fascinating because people can physically feel it. They can feel their muscles relaxing without even being touched, or they can feel, you know, maybe some twitching or like some different releasing from the nervous system or whatever, um, or they will begin healing with the mind, maybe making, you know, some Reiki practitioners can even channel lost loved ones, you know, being a medium for different things. And so there's this now mental piece of being able to make sense of what's happening in the body, because, you know, we didn't talk about this, but, you know, the body keeps score of what's happening in the mind and of the spirit. And so as that begins to release, those mental things can start to be discussed. And then 
emotionally, you know, so many emotions, the real pain from emotions happens when it's stagnant. And so a lot of times people will have emotional releases um, during a Reiki session that could look like crying. It could look like a weird laughter that you didn't know that was Mm -hmm. inside of you. Um, Yeah. And then, and then also on a spiritual level, a lot of people report that through a Reiki session or after a Reiki session, they feel more connected to God, to divine energy, um, which is, in my opinion, what we're meant to be here on earth is both magnetized to the earth and to the heavens. Yeah, cool, cool. It's so great how you describe these processes. And this skeptical question that I posed is all about how that you know the sustainability factor as i mentioned and i've heard people talk about it like well it feels good right after but you have to keep coming back keep coming back and it doesn't mm-hmm. really treat the root of it and what you're saying if i'm correct megan is well first of all sometimes it can <laughs> and second of all um second of all it is sustainable because uh it's it's an overall healing experience and just something that I'm working out in. And I'll, I'll, I'll leave you space to, to respond to that, Megan, in a second. But something that I am working out in my mind right now is that, well, <laughs> what kind of spiritual holistic practice do you just have to do once and then stop doing for the rest of your life, right? Some people, don't get me wrong, some people have those experiences, but probably 1%. I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to talk in percentages, but most of us understand that it's really a lifestyle. And that's the whole point. Western medicine has, in my view, brainwashed us to believe that healing means taking one pill once and then you're good. And that's the issue. That's, I think that's why Western medicine is so addictive because we think that everything needs to be immediate transformation. And if we have to do something more than once, or if we have to change our lifestyles, then it's not really working because we're so used to the immediate changes in Western medicine. And I know Megan, you mentioned that your grandmother had a very specific healing process where they just had to find what the holistic reason was for her eczema outbreak and once they treated the poison ivy then she she didn't experience it anymore which is amazing and I'm sure there were more nuances that went into that process but that was a very direct healing for a lot of people it's not as direct with holistic health for me it's not I've had candida issues in my body for the past couple years since I took a long a long-term dose of antibiotics and it hasn't been a direct healing process for me. It's been, I've healed a lot of other stuff that I wasn't expecting to heal, but not the candida yet. However, look at my life. It's completely changed. I feel better. Like I feel more stable on a mental, spiritual level and more autonomous every day. I had a alcohol and drug problems throughout earlier on in my life. And I'm like, I'm sober as far as alcohol goes. And and any kind of prescription, anything besides plant medicine, I'm completely sober. And uh, that wouldn't have happened if all of this stuff was super easy in my healing process with candida. So that's a really long way of saying that to me, what I'm working in, out in my head right now about the skepticism of Reiki and it being not sustainable. Well, so many of us have had great 
experiences with meditation. Do you meditate once and then all of a sudden you're enlightened? No, it's a lifestyle change, but it can actually completely change your life for the better to make that lifestyle change. So it's so worth it. Now I'll, I'll leave you space to respond to what I just said and what your thoughts are on that. <laughs> yes, I would, I would <laughs> say that, you know, so being proactive with your health, being holistically mindful means nourishing your body and also understanding that we are living a human experience. Our physical bodies nourish and then they also make waste over and over and over again. Our thoughts do the same thing. You know, we move into the space where we're speaking kindly to ourselves and then all of a sudden we're doubting everything that we're doing. You know, our emotions are the same way where sometimes emotions are so uncomfortable, we don't have a desire to feel them. And so maybe we avoid it or we have these negative outbursts that are completely not like destructive. Um, And so I would say that what, a sustainable Reiki practice would look like is finding a rhythm in your life where it helps like the, the, the practice itself, like having the session reminds you of everything, like of your path, right? So maybe you need that depending on where you're at in your life. Maybe you only need that once a month or once a season, or maybe you're going through something really intense. And so you need it every week or every two weeks. There isn't an exact you know, recipe for one, it would be perfect for someone to do. But just as you said, like, if you're choosing a path of meditation to quiet, to still the mind, to discipline the mind, um, that needs to be done on a regular basis. And so it's the same thing. And I would say one of the, one of the best things I could see come out of Reiki is emotional intelligence. So being able to understand this energy and motion in your body and finding constructive, creative outlets for that so that it doesn't get stuck. Because while, you know, my, my partner and I were both Gemini, so we go back and forth on a lot of different stuff. And, and he, you know, he's very of the mindset that we should not let emotions guide or direct our lives. And while I believe that there's a certain degree of truth to that, I do believe that in order to be emotionally intelligent, we need to make space for these emotions to, be able to move through wholly and completely because if they don't then they will turn into stagnation and really all disease is stagnation mm. every disease of the mind of the body has some kind of stagnation involved with it and so i believe that reiki can really help um, create emotional intelligence and just continue to help move move things through <laughs> That's great. That's great. I want to, before we move on to talking about the other services that you offer and get into the certification topic, which I'm excited to get down to, I want to talk about what you just said. Disease involves stagnation. Can you expand on that? So in my experience, my research, what I've seen, um, all disease is stagnation. And so you know, let's use cancer as an example. I mean, it's a cell that is, you know, incorrectly formed. It's an anomaly and it's stuck on repeat, 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 repeat. So it is replicating, but it's not changing. It's not adapting. It's not being this healthy, 
you know, moldable cell in the body. And so it's this, this stuck form that's stuck on repeat. Let's take women's health for an example. I mean, the, this whole pandemic of PCOS and endometriosis, right? I mean, PCOS cysts. What is a cyst other than this mucus or this you know, fluid-filled sac of the body doesn't know where to put it, so it's putting it in this one little spot. You know, a cyst can you know, consist of you know, just harmless liquid that the body is confused about, or it could, you know, be encapsulating um, a toxin or, you know, some kind of disease. And so just over and over. And so that's where like yoni steaming, for example, yoni steaming helps to bring in circulation and the herbs encourage movement of the body. And so just movement movement, movement. I mean, people who work out tend to be a lot healthier than people who don't. I mean, even a minimum of just walking. If you notice just going on a walk, it helps to calm the mind. It helps to let go of these stagnant thoughts, these thoughts on repeat. I mean, if you pay attention to the, your negative thoughts versus your, your, your constructive thoughts, the negative thoughts are usually the ones that are on repeat over and over and over and over again, where your constructive thoughts, they're free, they're flowing. You're, you're thinking about new things over, you know, it's just, it's, it's changing. So yeah, I guess that, that, that's my thought on the diseases is stagnation. Very cool. That's really the first time I've heard that concept. I love it. I love it. And a good note on walking, getting out to walk. I talk about this often yeah. because I'll go through days where I feel like maybe three days at a time where I feel super depressed and I go outside. It always fucking helps. It always helps. It always does. Even if it's not getting me back to a hundred percent, super joyful, happy, which I don't need to be all the time. I want to be when I'm feeling super depressed and self-degradating, but it will get me a large percentage of the way back to feeling like I am at least neutral or feeling okay and not feeling not okay and super depressed. So I talk about it all the time and I want to just make the note that stemmed from the really important point that Megan made. If you want to multitask, so we want to multitask and get a lot done and be, feel productive or feel like we're worth something because we got a lot crossed off of our to-do list. That's a whole another conversation in itself can be valuable, sometimes can be really imbalancing for us. If you want to multitask and you're feeling like, oh my God, I'm not getting anything done today. This, 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 I'm, I'm feeling like I'm not in a great place or I'm feeling super stressed. Go out and walk because it helps every part of your holistic being. It helps so much. <laughs> like, cause I just talk about it mostly with the emotional health, but let's think about the physical health. You can look at it from a Western perspective. The circulation's there. It's all there. And, um, there, your spirit too. We can talk about, we could talk about all of that as well, but that Especially is. Especially if you walk barefoot, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> There's so, or walk, you know, carefully walk backwards. Yeah. There's so many amazing physiological and spiritual reasons to just go for a 10 minute walk. So very important note that I wanted to make there. Yeah. And I have another note as well, just to talking about the productivity, just because that is something in our Western mindset, you know, this, cause I know this is a whole conversation itself, but I just have, you know, important note about that is you know, there's this idea or this concept that we need to be productive at all times, you know, at least eight hours a day, you know, this industrial mindset. And 
when I'm talking about, you know, disease is stagnation, I'm not referring to naps or rest period because that is an important part of the ebb and flow. You know, especially, you know, men have similar, you know, have rhythms as well, but, you know, I can speak to the woman experience of having to have that monthly ebb and flow of productive times and rest times, productive times and rest times. And to be a creatrix and a manager in this modern world, I've, I've literally had to schedule in rest times and make space for that and to not shame myself for that because shame is, you know, that's another form of stagnation. It's just getting me caught up, not allowing me to take my naps that I actually need. So not referring to naps as stagnation because those can be helpful. It's just, if you're stuck on repeat, maybe you're in a unmotivational state and you're taking naps every day. That's a different story, but really making space for that ebb and flow. That's where you're going to find the most creative energy. Yes. Love it. Agreed. I'm so glad you brought that up because I want to get a little bit of an insight too into how you organize that time so what everything everyone has a different need for balance in their life whether it's bringing in more rest or bringing in more maybe it could be more productivity and i say that because i was someone that was very unmotivated and i represent the other side of it where it's like yeah we can shame ourselves for wanting to go 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 all the time but I'm actually someone that really needed to implement a little bit of that mentality into my life and doing that in a very holistic way not just like let me just do more things but Megan how do you create that balance for yourself and what does that look like so you go through your monthly cycle and do you plan out when you're going to be most in the most productive phase per month so Yes, I, um, I've always been someone that, you know, consistency usually looks a little different for me where like, I am consistently like showing up for something, but like, I might, it might look different every month. And so I guess what I try to do, at least in the last three years is really at the beginning or at the transition of a year, I allow some type of very simple goal to manifest within myself. And then I try to make space for that. So um, in 2020, for me, it was prayer. And then last year it was play. And then this year it's grounded expansion. Cool. And how that helps me, like, I, I'm, I'm like, I always start big and then I narrow in. That's, that's, that's definitely my, my method. And so when I am trying to live this life of grounded expansion, which basically to me means I'm growing, I'm expanding, but I don't want to expand so fast that I literally like am blasting off into space without an oxygen mask. You know what I mean? Like I need to like make sure I have my safety, my security, my nourishment. And so when, so, so that's like how I approach my like year and then having a very simple goal makes it easy to consistently feel that sense of accomplishment, that validation. You know, I am, you know, last year, like for play, like every time I just didn't know what to do with my life, or I felt completely out of balance, I would be like, okay, play, play is what I need to stay focused on. And so just having that really simple word really helped, it has helped me stay, stay focused. Um, 
and have space. I don't, it's, it's juxtaposition, but focused and space at the same yeah. time. Um, and then how I work with my month is I do live by my cycle as a woman um, with ovulation and menstruation. Um, I strongly believe that, you know, having a healthy cycle means having a healthy ovulation and a healthy menstruation. And so in order to do that, I do try to look at my month and plan more, you know, more of my meetings, more of my long days, more of my, my classes, like around the time that I'm ovulating. Um, because just by paying attention, like, you know, I've, I've had a skeptic or like a, a man ask me one time, like, well, how do you know that you're going to have more energy at that time? I mean, mm -hmm. it's true. There are months that that isn't the case, but since I've started paying attention and tracking my physiological body over the last three years, I have definitely seen a trend that when I'm ovulating, I am more extroverted. I am more communicative. Um, I have more energy to stay up throughout the day, um, more focus and attention. Um, whereas, you know, when I'm closer to menstruation, I'm feeling like I need more naps and I need more space and my communication isn't happening as smoothly as I would like it to. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I'm like, Oh, like, why don't you just get it? Or don't even talk to me. I just want to be alone right now. And so like nourishing those feelings instead of resisting them has, I think pushed me into being a better manager. Um, and so definitely delegating. And then in my weekly life, what I really try to do is, um, make space for food prep, make space for working out and make space, make space for like non-electronic relaxed time. Um, and music, music is something that really, like I have a weekly practice where I do a kirtan with a small group of people that I did this morning. Um, and so we just come in and we sing sacred sounds. We move the frequency through our body with our own voice. Um, and so that's, that's my thing. And then, yeah, I try to book at least one massage or Reiki or cranial sacral a month. <laughs> nice. Whatever I feel like I need at that time. Yeah, cool. That's such a nice role model of a mindset for us to have because you are successful. You own this awesome holistic practice, this space and community you, you oversee. It's really cool for us to know that we can be successful and also live a balanced life like that and not just be going all the time. Yeah. And it's, you know, I want, you know, to be clear that I'm a human and that live a messy human experience. And so there are times where that flow works perfectly and times where it doesn't, but I definitely have seen a difference where, you know, this in 2021, I definitely made a commitment to myself to work out in some kind of way every week. Um, and it has dramatically, you know, drastically, it, it changed my physical experience of enjoying this world. And so I'm grateful to be starting those practices early on. And then also just not to be so harsh on myself if I can't keep up to that, that standard. So I set a high standard, but I also show up in love <laughs> every week, every day into what I really need as well. Yep. Because sometimes you need to deviate from the plan to, yeah. to live your life in success. Exactly. Exactly. So not, you know, type A personalities. 
It's okay. Are you a type It's going to be okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Probably a little bit. I'm, I, I haven't really taken the test, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't either. I, I'm pretty sure I'm not. I, I don't know. I'll have to do more therapy and then see where I get to. But I've met a lot of type A's and like, you know, yeah. thing like holistic health can be challenging to approach, but it can, it can be really nourishing at the end of the day. I mean, cause you, you know, you kind of mentioned this earlier where there isn't always an immediate, a sit, like an immediate reaction or immediate effect, um, from holistic health. There oftentimes can be, especially if you're using the right thing, you know, because mm-hmm. sometimes we're, we're trial, trial and error to find the right mm-hmm. thing. But if you find the right thing, you, you can feel an immediate result. But sometimes my mom always says it like this, like if you've been dealing chronically with an issue for 10 years, you're, it's going to take at least one month per year of dedicated focus to actually shift the tide. And so if you've been dealing with something for 10 years, it's going to take at least 10 months before you notice a big enough difference. And that's 10 months of commitment, not 10 months of like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. I'm going to do this. It's like, no, like you need to get on some kind of regimen that makes sense. And maybe you build on that regimen, but that's why it's important to build a team of practitioners. Um, You know, a lot of people even pair, even pair an allopathic doctor or a Western doctor with a holistic doctor um, because having those perspectives can be helpful. Because it is, you know, know, tying it back together, like, you know, one of our missions here is really to just, you know, provide natural health solutions. And what that means to me is to help people feel empowered in their health process, because at the end of the day, you're the one living in your body. And there should not be this fear around if I do this wrong, then I'm going to hurt myself. And unfortunately, a lot of Western practice can be like that. They really push you or fear you into making decisions when it's okay to take some time to think about these big health decisions that you're making. So, but you can work in tandem, you know, like taking yoni steaming for an example, you know, a lot of people want to have the, the, the PCOS surgeries or whatever, endometriosis surgery, um, procedures. And like, you can work with a doctor to work towards that, but why not set that date in six months or a year and really try to holistically work with your body and see if it makes a difference. So that way you give yourself this time and this ability to alleviate or to work towards a lifestyle that's serving you, you know, before you have this life altering procedure. Yes. Yep. I want to get further into Yoni steaming too. So that is another service that you offer at the Remedy House, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I came across it at a women's retreat about five years ago. And I remember when I first heard about Yoni steaming, I was like, Yoni steam, what? Like, what are we steaming? (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, at the end of the day, Yoni steaming is fascinating. It has a lot of different names uh, because it's actually a practice found on every single continent. There is a history of yoni steaming that is either in cave paintings, you know, ancient texts, or even in just oral traditions um, of some of the indigenous cultures, like even on islands that were completely isolated, like Hawaii, right? Before, you know, people 
before Westerners came there, like there's literally pots in the ground made of clay for women to do this practice. And so it is a practice that came out of the heart of humanity that is designed to assist a woman in her, in her feminine, feminine ways in, in the womb space really. And so it's a, the, the science or like the, you know, the, the, what is it comes down mm -hmm. to, it's a tea that a woman would sit over. Um, and so it is steaming quite hot, but it should never burn. Never, never, never burn. If you ever had a problem with that, like that's one of the myths is like, I'm gonna burn myself. Yes. It's like, if it, this is meant to be a receptive practice. And so, so much of the womb space has to do with penetration of all kinds, whether that's with a partner or a tampon or whatever, there's so much penetration that happens with the womb space that yoni steaming is meant to be completely receptive. Like it needs to be the temperature that you literally feel like you're sitting over and you're drinking it <laughs> like from the base of your body. And so um, from a physical standpoint, the heat stimulates circulation in the lower half of the body, which then can ease things like PCOS. Um, people have even seen their fibroids or their cysts literally fall out either during a session or in their underwear in the month, in yeah. the months to come. Um, and so it's a non-invasive procedure, uh, and it, there's so many nerves at the base of the body. So the experience is very calming. So even if you just want to steam just to calm yourself, you know, that's a wonderful aspect to do. And then it also helps to balance hormones, especially when we use herbs, um, that are adaptogenic. So they can help stimulate hormones or calm them based on what your body needs. And so it can be really helpful during, um, you know, periods, um, of people's lives where they're transitioning. So transitioning, you know, in through puberty, but also transitioning in menopause. Um, and then people who don't have a cycle anymore also report that they love steaming um, as a way to connect with that feminine aspect of their body. Helps with libido, uh, helps with connection to your body. So I've had a lot of women steam that are suffering from disassociation, just like not feeling connected with their body. And so steaming, you know, bringing that physical heat and that stimulation energetically to that space where we're starting to move any stagnation, that's when, you know, we start to, to really remember who we are by feeling who we are. Cool. Such and it's not just a practice for women. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but it, I definitely am mo like trained specifically for women, but um, men have used it too for different um, reasons. Cause I mean, the whole perineum is receptive in that way. Cool. I didn't know that. Very interesting. And such a cool way to connect more with your body, such a creative way to do so creative in our Western society. Most of us don't know that this is a practice that's been widely used. Awesome. Non-invasive and the history in the United States is interesting because people who, um, you know, it was passed on by midwives. And so when hospitals came, you know, <laughs> when they became the primary place that women gave birth, that disconnected women from the practice of yoni steaming because the midwives were no longer teaching it. Um, but then the interesting thing is, you know, and it probably comes down to accessibility if we're truly honest, but in the South, um, the African-American culture has kept 
Yoni seeming alive for a lot longer than the the white culture here. And so, you know, we're really catching up. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if we look at like South Korea, for example, in Seoul, that's a modern city where yoni steaming is as common as people painting their nails. And so, you know, in every, you know, if we just use YMCA as an example for every like, you know, center like that, like you're going to have a yoni steam facilitator within that spa. Wow, that's so cool. Awesome. So cool that the Remedy House offers uh, sessions like these. Yeah, and... we do private sessions and sister steam. So you can steam with a friend privately, but then we also have the community Yoni steams as well, where you get to steam with people you don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested in stuff like that because I like to see how my body responds to being in uncomfortable situations. <laughs> and try to make it really fun. <laughs> yeah, you create such a space I've never been uncomfortable. It's pretty hard to feel awkward at the Remedy House. Not like, you know, I'm sure I felt awkward in a couple of moments there just being myself, but it's hard to because, yeah, Megan makes it very welcoming. And let's talk now about the other services that you offer just to give us a more well-rounded perspective on what's going on at the Remedy House. Yeah, absolutely. So we have our services divided into three, four categories. So we've got body work, detox, energy work, and then consultations. And so we have a naturopathic doctor on staff um, who's board certified and she her name's Dr. Fayan and she's been with us for about three or four years now and so grateful to have her on staff and so like a natural health consultation is what really sets people on the path of what do I really need right now so going through different non-invasive tests to figure out what you have going on in your life um, on your physical mental emotional levels um, And then coming up with a plan so that you're not like blindly going to the supplement shelf and just trying everything in the digestive section, right? And so it can be really helpful to have that consultation. So that would be like my number one recommendation for a step one, if someone was really ready to like commit. Um, We have a massage therapist on staff who, you know, she's worked at a... um, she worked at a chiropractic office for like 15 years. And so her knowledge of the muscular skeletal system is amazing, can hold any pressure. Anna Parker is such a dear friend and she's been with us for a long time now and really built her practice in the way, in such big ways. I love seeing that our space, you know, it, it supports our clients, but also our practitioners to grow and to offer new things. And so, um, so yeah, you could even have like CBD massages or, you know, premium essential oil massages and, so that's awesome. We also have a real specialty of cranial sacral therapy, um, which in a nutshell is working with like that myofascial layer um, along the spinal cord, everything from the sacrum to the cranium. Um, it can really allevi- alleviate a lot of migraines. It's great for children who have nightmares and headaches and things like that. Um, our practitioners, um, we have a whole kids wellness um, section on our website that you can peruse too for kids anywhere from the, from the age of babies to, you know, 16, um, detox, you know, we've got the ionic foot baths and the community and the, and the yoni steams fall under that because it helps support the natural cleansing system for women. Um, herbal facials <laughs> to just really, you know, rub in that self-care. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then in the energy work, we really push the boundaries in a lot of different modalities just so that people, you know, 
so people can really explore what their energy feels like, what their energy means to them. And so, of course, we have Reiki. We actually have six different practitioners on staff for Reiki, which if you had a Reiki session with any one of us, it would be completely different. And so I have we have like a, a blog on our website that can help you choose which Reiki practitioner might be best for you. Or you can just leave it up to spirit and just, you know, click that random button and see you know who comes up for you. Nice. Uh, so whatever you want to do for that. Um, then we also have uh, sound healing and um, sound healing and polarity therapy. Um, and those two things really work with uh, the frequencies of the body. Um, and it's to me, like I'm a sound healing practitioner myself. And it's just amazing to me, like through Reiki, through sound, like by not even touching a person, like how it can make someone twitch or make someone release. I mean, it's just truly fascinating, but sound healing is, is really beautiful because, you know, we live in a world of sound and, you know, all life is sound. Everything that is alive, everything that is this life is always making sound. And so, using sound as a healing modality helps to to move things through to again to bring that motion to energy within the body and um, people find a lot of peace and relaxation after that and so we've got sound healing journeys which is going to be like a variety of sounds a lot of people through a journey might even have different psychic experiences for themselves or they might have visuals or you know different things like that um, but then, you know, we also have some specific sound healing, like Tibetan bowl massage, which is like putting the bowls on the body. So you're getting mm -hmm. that very physical vibration in the body. And then tuning fork therapy is amazing as well, because it really uses very specific frequencies um, where the sound healing journey, um, you know, we might be using my voice or I could be using a harmonica or something that may not be as specific as the tuning forks and so the tuning fork energy or the tuning fork sessions we can really focus on you know everything in our body has a frequency every organ has a frequency and so i can use tuning forks very specifically for that for those reasons of what you're trying to work on and what is the polarity therapy? yeah so polarity therapy works um so going into the electricity of our body, the frequency of our body, like our hearts generate a, an electricity in the body and moves through currents. And they've been traced throughout time through things called meridians. Um, and so polarity therapy goes through and it helps to balance your, your meridians, like the different pathways of, of electricity moving through your body. Um, and so it's, it involves light touch, um, of the practitioner uh, to, to coordinate that so that it's more balanced. Cool, interesting, I've never heard of that. So these are all awesome practices that I wanna try myself now, I always have, but now I, that I really know what you offer specifically, Megan, I'm like, hell yeah, I wanna get down there. So if you are not local, if we have folks that are listening to this all over the world, start looking up these practices. Maybe you will also be surprised like me to find them that they're in your area or there's a random person that's like practicing out of their home or something like that. And if you're in Michigan, get over to the Remedy House because it's awesome what they're doing. And before we close, I still want to talk about one more topic. And I think we have just the right amount of time to touch on this. And Megan, mm -hmm. if 
you will ever be willing to come back on to Root Awakening a Health podcast, we'd be so happy to have you. But before we close, I want to talk about your views on the certifications that everybody's getting. So we've talked a lot about Reiki. We've talked a lot really about, you've told us a lot about what you can be certified in, what you can practice, all of these different modalities that I hadn't totally heard of or been familiar with myself. So I want to, I want to hear your thoughts on that, Megan. And maybe if, if you feel drawn to tie that in with the trends that are happening in the holistic health world, we'd love to hear it. Yeah. So this, you know, when I first was asked to come on this podcast, this was the first question that came up for me. And so um, I guess someone (laughs) needs to hear it right now. Right. And so, you know, what do certifications in the natural wellness industry mean? I, you know, in my experience as manager here and you know, I'm a networker. And so I meet so many people within this industry. And it just seems that people have like 20, 25 different certifications. And it feels like sometimes it's like these badges on a Boy Scout shirt where it's like, okay, like you can light a fire. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like, you know how to sew. Okay. Like, and so it's like, great. And, but so sometimes I'm a little like, I don't want to say harsh or critical, but like, kind of just like, okay, like, but do you really know what you're doing? Like, do you really, are you really interested in that? Or, you know, are we all of a sudden experiencing this, like, you know, a hundred thousand people like starting to be breathwork certified? Well, at the end of the day, I feel like what certifications can help with, I mean, certifications in their essence are people learning from you know a master of some kind to you know learn how to to offer this practice safely ethically um and like maybe in wholeness you know too and so because there isn't a very specific governing body for all of that it means that these certifications are going to vary in their depth um and so I think what a certification can tell you as a client is really a person's interest. Like if you're looking for a practitioner and you see that they have these 20 certifications and maybe, you know, you're really working on the physical body, but you see that your practitioner is also a Reiki master and you're like, okay, well, I'm curious. And so you can kind of like go and experience and be supported in multiple ways by this practitioner. Um, you know, certifications are fascinating when we when we talk about things like naturopathic doctors, for example, because there are licensed naturopathic doctors, there are MNDs, you know, medically licensed naturopathic doctors mm. that have also gone through the entire MD program, and then there are certified naturopathic doctors, and some of this is just political, mm-hmm. because you know, in Michigan, there's this push that all naturopathic doctors need to be licensed by a very specific governing body and pay a lot of money or they can't practice. Mm -hmm. Um, And they have to, you know, go through all these new trainings and things. And then if that happened, then naturopathic practices could be covered under things like insurance and things like that. But there's this like political side of like, if this new governing body shows up or these insurance companies show up as a part of the conversation, then there is this possibility that 
the practice won't be able to happen in the way that has been trained. And we can see this as mid in midwives as well. You know, the midwifery, there's been new regulations on how midwives are able to practice. And so there's these midwives that have literally delivered babies for 20 years. So they've seen hundreds of births are now illegally, like illegal mm. to be able to, to deliver babies. <laughs> So I guess I'm just bringing this up as something because I do feel like there are, you know, some practitioners that may be searching for themselves in the midst of trying to help others. And Mm. while that's a beautiful thing, I also think, you know, depending on where a person is in their healing journey, they may need someone that is more focused in a specific topic. You know, I can use one example for myself. I had someone on my table who um, started doing the breathwork breath. Um, I'm familiar with, you know, there's a lot of types of breathwork in this world, but I'm familiar with a specific type of breath that brings in a ton of oxygen to the body and brings about these different effects in the body, you know, creating different psychic experiences. and, you know, almost like a drug, but just with your own mm-hmm. oxygen. And so I, I saw this breath happening. I haven't gone through a training for it, but I allowed this person to continue. And I realized pretty quickly that I was ill-prepared to support this person through their experience because they started having the negative side effects from breath work, you know, the, the claw hands, you know, the seizing yes. up of the face. And I was like, wow, this is why people are certified in this because they actually are they discuss what's happening during these things. And so as someone who is really, I really try my hardest to be, you know, ethically minded and really supporting people through, um, you know, what I'm able to do. I'm always honest, whether, what, if I know something or I don't, um, I very carefully walked this person out of that experience and, you know, referred them to someone else in a kind way because they were clearly looking for a different experience than I could offer. And so as a client and you're looking and you need to be supported in a certain way, you should be looking towards people who have what you're looking for. And maybe you don't know what you're looking for. And so maybe just asking for that, you know, clarity that um, as someone's speaking with you, I wanted to touch on like the Reiki master certification, for example, at the very beginning, I talked about Reiki one and two is best for working on yourself and, you know, maybe on close loved ones around you. The advanced Reiki moves more into that practitioner status. And then the Reiki masters is for teaching others. I do feel like a lot of people rush to the Reiki master level because they want to be called a master to have that under their belt. And, you know, this is not meant to be a judgment, but just a true reflection on what is your purpose within this practice? What are you really called to do? Um, Because as a Reiki master, there is this, this responsibility. Like if we're going to keep this practice sacred, right? If we're going to keep it in its, its true form, you know, is this what you're really called and desire for? Because there should be no shame in staying at an advanced practitioner level or at the Reiki one and level, um, wherever you are, I think is where you should be called. Like, yeah. So I, I'm finding that the, 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 I'm hoping that the, the point is coming across here. And then moreover, the Reiki certifications are really attunements, remember? So the attunement happens and you receive the title. 
but that is before you've put in the work because the attunement is what brings you to that level. And so I received the Reiki master attunement this year, but in my mind and in my heart, I am apprenticing in the Reiki master position because I'm learning what it means to hold space as a master for others. And so mm-hmm. it can be hard in this world where we're like certification degree, mm-hmm. like this is what this means. And so just having that open conversation for myself, like for me, I've received that attunement so I can call myself that, but now what does that mean as I'm moving forward? And I'm allowing myself to be called into it because I do feel like I want to make that space to train and to teach and to hold space for energy shares, Reiki shares and things like that. Um, And so, yeah, I'm just allowing that to to develop over time, but just knowing that in Reiki, the certification comes at the beginning and not at the end. I love that, Megan. Your neutrality makes me so happy. I love how you describe these things. We're gonna leave it there. That's a really, that's a really nice place to end. And I wanted to make a very quick note that there are plenty of clients out there that will benefit from a practitioner who is a Reiki level one, for example, I found that I'm not even near any type of Reiki certification, but I just found this in my experience with holistic health coaching that right when I started and I didn't have much experience in the field, there were people that were really called to work with me, even though they knew, they knew very well that I was a beginner and I had an Ayurvedic Mm -hmm. certification, but no other type of really intense education. And they're like, no, I just, I like her. She speaks to me. I want to work with her. And that it goes the same for, for everyone else. Who's it's about living in your truth and living yeah. in your confidence level. I mean, people have thought that I've been a Reiki master for years. Cause I've been seeing people and they're like, and then I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm an advanced practitioner. They're like, what? You're not a master. I'm like, it's not the point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the point is living in your truth, being honest about the healing that you're offering. And, um, also, having that confidence to know that the healing that you're offering is, is, is true. It's clean. It's what is needed in that moment. Yeah. Megan, I told you we were going to end at 1225, but I have to ask you this because I asked most of our guests this, and I I'm very curious to hear your answer. What do you think the root of health is? If you had to choose one just common denominator, it could just be a word or it could be a specific practice. What do you think the root of health is? I would say aligning the mind, body, and spirit over and over and over again, because we're living a human experience. We are consistently going to you know, move in and out of balance. And so it is that journey, that lifestyle that is consistently connecting the mind, body, and spirit together. Amazing. Oh, I love that. Needed to hear that this week for sure myself. Megan Lenman, co-owner and creatrix of The Remedy House. Thank you so much for joining us for this conversation on Root Awakening, a health podcast. We're so grateful for you. Thank you. I hope you loved this episode. If the content that I put out into the world resonates with you, if it adds value to your life, please do me a big favor and help me share it with the rest of the world. 
please help me share it with more people. That is really how you can support my work and how you can support my content. Help me spread the word of natural health, natural healing, self-healing, and self-development and self-empowerment. This is why I got into this industry so I can tell more people about how we can change our lifestyle to change how we feel every single day. It's so important for me to get that word out. So if you love this content and you enjoy it, please help me by spreading the word that it exists, that my content exists. That would mean the world to me. Thank you so much for listening. If you are interested in one-to-one coaching, you can contact me via email or via Instagram. Follow me on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening and the information on how to join my email tribe, how to join the Root Awakening commune, and how to grab my online communication course is all in the notes. I love you so much. Catch you next time. Thanks for listening.